0: Well, it's officially the Christmas season. Anyone else excited about the Christmas season? Are you? Yeah, I I hope so. And uh, how many of you think, just kind of a couple questions here from the beginning, how many of you think it's okay to start listening to some Christmas music before Thanksgiving happens? How many of you think it's okay to do that? Okay, there's quite a few of you that do, and uh, you're okay with that? Who thinks, no, 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 you should wait till after Thanksgiving to listen to, so there's quite a few hands there as well. So whatever works, no matter who you are or what you do, it's official, you can turn the music on because it's Christmas time. Go ahead, it's permission giving. Turn the music on and enjoy it and listen as you just heard Kristen say. You've been hearing us talk uh, about Bethlehem experience. We want you to be a part. I would encourage you right now to go and pick a time slot out and fill it in on our app. Go to our website. Fill that in right now so that you can get a spot for you and your family. Those fill up quickly, so I'd encourage you to do that. As Kristen says, we've had so many that come, and last year we had over 1,200. It was, it's just an exciting time. That's already Friday and Saturday. This coming week, you're going to want to bring your family through that, invite people uh, with you to celebrate what this season is really all about, and get your spot, and also I want to encourage you to uh, come to our Christmas Eve services. We have two Christmas Eve services here. We have one at Clearbrook that's happening on Christmas Eve. I just encourage you, whatever you're doing, cancel your plans. You need to be here and be a part of it, okay? And so I want to encourage you to come on out for that. It's going to be a fun time. Today, what I hope to do is begin this December with a message to help you have your best Christmas ever. Are you okay with that? how to have your best Christmas ever. And so to do that, what I'd like to speak on is Advent today. I'd like to speak upon the subject of Advent. Now when you hear, and when we hear this word Advent, I heard it growing up and I had no clue what it meant. And so how many of you growing up, you heard that word, but maybe really never understood what Advent was? Yeah, it's for sure. So Growing up, we had Advent calendars. How many of you had an Advent calendar when you were growing up? How many of you had that? You had one of these? And so these have 1 through 24 on them, and you open them up. They're fancier now because this one has chocolate in it. Every time you open a door, there's chocolate inside of the calendar. This is a great thing to do with your family and with your kids. Open up the door every single day and see what's inside. But how many of you, after the first day of chocolate, you had to just eat all the rest of the chocolate at the same time? Yeah, I know. No hands today. Okay, you liars. But you know, so... Yeah, the Advent calendar was a great way, and it's a great reminder. You can even do this now, parents, to be reminded of what this season is all about. And so you understand, and I want you to understand, this is biblically rooted. This just isn't a word that's disconnected because Advent originate, originated out of the Old Testament of the Hebrew Bible. That's where it had a start because it had all this imagery with it that you realize the Old Testament, you see how much imagery is in the uh, Old Testament. If you even look through the major and the minor prophets, there's so much imagery. There's, There's scenes that come to mind of what took place in and through God's people. And so it originated in the Hebrew Bible. But if we were to say, hey, what is Advent? Well, the term Advent is a Latin phrase that simply means to come. Someone is coming. There is an arrival that is taking place, and this just... It isn't just a reference to just anyone coming, but someone very important is coming upon the scene. So think about this in your life. When someone really important is coming to your house, what do you do? Well, you prepare. You do everything you can to make sure that you and your family are ready, right? You do. You prepare. You get ready. And that's what some of you did over Thanksgiving, You know, last week you were preparing for people to come over to your house. So you had someone important that was coming, and you had to prepare for their arrival. You made sure that your house was clean. It was immaculate, right? You put everything in its place. You cooked the perfect meal. You made sure that it was amazing. You lit a candle to make sure everything smelled so nice, right? So that's what you ladies did. What did most guys do to prepare for Thanksgiving? We put on pants. Okay, I just, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We did more than that, right? We helped out. Here's what I want you to understand about Advent. Advent is really based on two ideas if you're taking notes today. And I hope you get this. That someone incredibly important is coming. That's literally what Advent means. Someone important is coming. It's an arrival and the second idea is, are you going to do everything you can to prepare for that? Second, someone's coming, I'm going to do everything I can to prepare for this moment. And let, let me tell you something. There's a difference in an event and an advent. An advent is not just an event, nor is an event an advent. An event is flippant, we could say, but the advent is faithful. An event is casual, an Advent would be more cosmic in its approach. An Advent should be something that we are doing, we're preparing ourselves, we're getting ourselves involved in the process, and we're gonna take advantage of it in our lives. So we need to prepare ourselves for the Advent. It's participation in the celebration of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. When God said, I need a Savior to come to this earth through Jesus Christ. So think about this. The whole history behind why we have Advent calendars in the first place is you're going to spend day 1 through 24 in the month of December preparing for who's coming on December 25th. That's what it is. It's the buildup. So here's the million-dollar question. Who are you preparing for December 25th? 25th. So, so we're in church and you're like, I know, I know, I know, I know. Now we know the church answer, and, and I, and I, but, but what I'm asking for is I want the honest answer. What is the honest answer? If you would think about your Christmases in the past, what do you prepare for December 1 through December 24th? And if we were honest, some would have to write in the blank It's Santa, and it's about gifts, and we prepare for that. Some would say, well, you know, it really is only about family. That's really a big deal for us, and everyone is coming. And none of those things are bad. They're just not the best. We have to understand that Christmas was always designed to be centered around one person and one person in Jesus, and that is him. Because the day Jesus was born over 2,000 years ago, it changed everything in the history of the world as we know it. The apostle John, in his book, he's writing about Jesus' life. You'll turn with me to John chapter 1. He wrote the gospel of John. In the very first chapter, he writes about the birth of Jesus, and it's a little different from the other gospel writers, but I think it's one of the most important and the most weighty verses of all Scripture in reference to Jesus' birth. He says, John chapter 1 and verse 14, he writes, The Word, that means God. The Word, God, became flesh, became human, and made his dwelling among us. Understand the powerful implications of this verse. Up to this point in history, mankind had been trying to reach up to God, Right? Maybe I can do enough good to reach God and and try to get to him with the many great things that I do or think I do, and in the most amazing way possible, God reached down to us and began to show us who he is in Jesus Christ. I think most of us today know that this season should be focused on Jesus. The problem is almost everything in the month of December plays against you and I focusing on Jesus Christ. That's why I want to start off with this message today. I just want it simple and plain because this season is crazy. This season is very hectic. We take a big, deep breath before the many things that are about ready to take place in this season. For one, December seems to be the most chaotic, busiest month of the entire year for each and every one of us. Here are a few things from putting up lights to shopping in crowded malls to white elephant gift exchanges to work parties to family gatherings to plays to pageants to cookies and movies and travel and you ladies binge watch hallmark christmas movies right i've got three ladies in my house so i know exactly what you do isn't that right that happens okay think it's okay you can say yes i do you know but think about this you can actually get to the end of december and find almost nothing you did focused you on jesus christ And in the midst of all the busyness, in all the other issues, and I think you know this, there's really nothing in our culture today in the month of December that's going to help point you to Jesus Christ. Our world has worked so hard to try to strip Christ out of Christmas. Some of the employees in stores can't even say Merry Christmas. That's very odd. It's so hard to see Jesus stripped out of Christmas, not just speaking as as a pastor, but I think if you would just simply investigate the evidence, you would find the birth of Jesus in that day changed all of human history forever. And if you don't know know Jesus, you may think, well, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, John. I, I don't think it is. The world has decided to divide our history, all of human history, based on one day the day that Jesus was born. How do we track all of human history? We we track it in these two things, B.C. and A.D. The whole world tracks human history based on B.C. and A.D. What's B.C. stand for? Before Christ. What does A.D. mean? Many people think, most people think it's after death. Jesus was Though you gotta understand, was on the earth before Christ, BC. He lived 33 and a half years. So it was after his death. We had a 30, we, we, we'd had a 33 year gap, right? If, if that's what it meant. It doesn't mean after death, it means Anno Domini, which literally means the year of our Lord. The day Jesus was born came to be the year, the first year of our Lord which means today in 2019, we are in the 2019th year of our Lord. Isn't that amazing? The day Jesus was born changed history forever. Historians for the last 30 years have tried to strip Christ out of that. They tried to change it to B.E. and C.E., which means before common era and common era. They tried to change the letters in that, It doesn't matter what you change or try to change the letters to, even if you said it was B-I and C-I before it and after it. It will always be the birth of Jesus no matter what you call it, which means you may be practicing in Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism. You can be an atheist. You can be an agnostic. The whole world will still track its time on our calendar based on earth on one person, and his name is Jesus Christ. For all of us, if we are not intentional, we will miss Christ this Christmas. And it's so easy to do that we can miss the day that absolutely changed history. The big idea today is the birth of Jesus is, we got to understand this, is too big to remember on just one day. It's too big just to be remembered on just one day as we build to it. So so what if this year you, you decided you were going to reclaim Christmas? You're going to reclaim it. You're going to redeem your Christmas and focus a lot less on the superficial and to actually focus on Christ the Savior. And I want to say this, ending our year focused on Jesus is going to be a lot bigger deal than you could ever imagine. And here's why. After Christmas, January first is the new year, and I think so many people when January first hits, if, if December has been a month where their priorities are so out of whack, which that's what it gets to be for most people, that when January first starts, they're going to say, "I want a fresh start, I need a restart, right?" But what if on January first instead of needing a restart, you were actually already ramped up and ready to go and that is exactly what advent is designed to do how you end this year will dictate how you start the next what advent does advent allows you 24 days of preparation for the day that changed human history forever And Advent doesn't have to be complex. No, it doesn't at all. People make it complex. People make it mystic. How about let's just simplify it, simplify it. Here's a working definition of Advent. Advent is a daily focus in December for a day that changed history as well as your eternity. And if you strip all the complexities of this season away, you strip it all away, Advent is simply you In the month of December, for 24 days leading up to December 25th, deciding I'm going to do one thing each day to focus on Jesus. I want to make this very simple. It doesn't need to be complex. So that we can practically live this out every single day. What is one thing every single day from now until December 24th, and yes, every day of the year, of course, but to focus on December 25th that you're going to do to focus on Jesus? What's one thing you can do every day? In the month of December, to see Jesus very, very clearly. And here's the word, a word that might surprise some of you it's in the mundane. The mundane. The word mundane simply means the common or the ordinary. See, I think in the month of December, we're so prone to miss the majestic because it's hidden in the mundane. We miss it many times. Most of the time we do because we're looking for something, a huge explosion of something taking place, a big wow moment that we forget about the mundane. You know, it was January 12, 2007, when an ordinary man dressed in ordinary clothes, ordinary jeans, a T-shirt, and a ball cap walked in the busiest subway in Washington, D.C., Union Station. He took out a violin. He began playing as 1,097 people passed in front of him as he played the violin for 43 minutes. What no one knew until the Washington Post ran the story the very next day in their newspaper was, was the man playing the violin for 43 minutes. He played eight pieces as thousands of people passed in front of him. His name is Joshua Bell. Joshua Bell is widely known by many to be the best classical musician in the entire world. And he was playing the most expensive violin in the world, valued at over $3.5 million, a 1713 Stradivarius violin that day. Three days earlier in Washington, D.C., he had sold out one of the city's largest theaters with people paying hundreds, some paying even $1,000 per seat just to see the best musician in the world play the most intricate and unique instrument. And so what the Washington Post wanted to know was this. They did this experiment. In the midst of all the busyness we have going on, could people recognize the majestic in the midst of the mundane? They wrote the article. Would people notice one of the finest classical musicians in the world playing some of the most elegant music ever written? He was playing Bach. And some of the most difficult pieces that you can play musically on one of the most valuable violins that ever was made. You can go watch it on YouTube if you haven't already. 1,097 people walking by while Joshua Bell is playing some of the most amazing music in the world. How many, of, how many people that day do you think stopped for a minute to even notice and listen? What do you think? Seven. One of those was a three-year-old boy who was with his mom. He stops, he's mesmerized, three-year-old. He, he notices there's something different. You know what his mom does? She's busy and she yanks him on. Come on, why? What happened? It's so easy to miss the majestic in the midst of the mundane. And the exact thing happened over 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born. When Jesus was born, God sent his son to be a savior for the entire world. You know what? Almost everybody missed it. Why? Because it was the majestic in the midst of the mundane. Think about how ordinary and mundane the day Jesus was born. His parents were about as ordinary as any other couple. They were nobodies. We know about the setting. They were born anything but majestic. Majestic. I mean, Bethlehem was considered the armpit of the region at that time. No mansion, but a manger. The equivalent of a barn. When, when kings were born in that day, they shouted it from the mountaintops. Not so with Jesus. It was announced in the lowliest, the most outcast of society at that time to the shepherds living in a field nearby. You can't get more mundane than this. Almost everyone missed the Savior of the world born. John, his first chapter, says this in verse 10, he came in the world, very world he created, but the world didn't even recognize him. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Maybe, maybe a whole lot hasn't changed over the years. So many people miss Christ in Christmas. So here's what I want to suggest. To see Jesus this Christmas, I want you to begin to look in the mundane. What do I mean? Every day this December, what are the ordinary things that you see around you? What are the ordinary sights of Christmas? Can I help you out with a little bit of a list? You're going to see Christmas trees, ornaments, stars, gifts, candy canes, lights, angels, candles, red Green, white, gold, and Buddy the Elf probably somewhere. I don't know, but think about this list minus maybe Buddy the Elf. Have you ever wondered why on earth did we put all this stuff up at Christmas? To think about it, it, you, know, it you know, if you were kind of alien to this whole thing, you're like, what are they doing? You'd probably think they've lost their minds there on earth. They literally cut down trees and they put them inside of their house. I mean, that sounds weird to somebody who would be alien, right? Doesn't that sound weird, right? Then we take lights, we put them on our roof, almost killing ourselves, putting them out, you know, half the time. <laughs> you know, the men put these leaves up, hang them inside their house called the mistletoe, so they can get some type of action in the month of December. <laughs> I don't know, hoping, <laughs> hoping, hoping. I mean, why, why do we do all this stuff? I mean, you ever ask yourself, why do we do this stuff, or do we just do it? What if I told you almost everything, minus Buddy the Elf and mistletoe, was designed to point you to Jesus? Well, it seems so mundane. Well, that's why we miss it. Like, why do we have candy canes everywhere at Christmas? Well, there's history in that. In the 17th century, candy canes—they they were straight, they were common everywhere a choir master in a church leading up to Christmas had an idea, I want to be able to give the kids something that pointed to Jesus and to be occupied during the service so they won't make a whole lot of noise. So he took a candy stick, bent it in the shape of a hook one way, and if you flipped it around, it was a J the other way, and he decided to make a white stick, and he put red stripes on it, a solid red stripe to remind us of the purity that Jesus shed his blood for upon the cross, and a white stripe to remind us of the lashes on the back of Jesus as he was whipped. The candy is hard, which reminds us that Jesus is our rock. So we have the candy cane, a reminder. How about the Christmas tree? Do we just put a Christmas tree up thinking, wow, because we, we just always done." Well, there's a history in that. It points to Jesus. On a cold night in December, theologian Martin Luther was walking through the forest, spotted the twinkling of the stars through the branches of the giant firs, overwhelmed by... The amazing beauty of God's creation, he cut down a small fir tree, took it home. He gathered up candles in a home, lit them, carefully placed them on the branches, and uh, his children watched the flickering flames of the candles. Wow, by a godly man. There, there are so many things that can help us focus on what really matters, and I just hope that you would take the time every single day in the month of December and look at, well, what is the meaning inside of this? What is there? You know, another way to focus you is to do, uh, find a devotion on Advent. You know, uh, the Bible uh, app, YouVersion, Uh, it can take less than two minutes. You can walk your family through that and look in there. There's a couple in there that I was looking at this week that if you go on there, it talks about these very things that seem so mundane but they're so important and they have a meaning to point and focus our attention back on Jesus Christ. I wanna challenge us as a church to, in the month of December to focus your thoughts on the arrival and the preparation of Jesus on December 25th. How many of you think that would really make a huge difference in our lives if every single day we focused at least one thing on Jesus? Come on, if this really is about him? Well, what are you focusing on? Bring us back to the center of what this, this really means, of why we're doing this. Are we just going to enter into another December and go through the motions? May our hearts be focused on the one that really matters. Come on, let's help focus our families on more than just the superficial. Because, boy, I tell you what, everything that I see is really superficial. Superficial superficial, but it's a daily focus in December. Walk your family through this. You know, in ancient Israel, every single Jewish child had to go to Betsefer, which is a school where they learned God's word. They started really early, so at the earliest ages, they learned God's word in the classroom. In the first day of class, the rabbi teaching the kids, they would teach about the word of God. So you know what the rabbi would do? the rabbi would take some honey and he would give honey to each of his kids. That's what took place. Now, you say, well, that's not too big of a deal for us, but they didn't have candy bars back then like we do. Honey was the sweetest thing a child could ever have in that day. And as a rabbi gave each of these kids a little bit of honey, he would say this to them, may the word of God be like honey on your lips. How sweet your words taste to me, they're sweeter than honey. How many of us are teaching our families that the word of God is the sweetest thing that could ever be upon their lips and in their lives? This is the best thing. Let's get into the word. Let's be purposeful every single day. Let's focus our attention. The focus on Jesus was something good. So let's help our families focus in on Jesus this Christmas season. Starting today, help your children focus on Jesus. You know, I I wonder what's at stake for some of you in practicing, focusing on the only thing that matters at Christmas as well as every other day of the year. in Jesus, well, it's huge. What are you putting at the center of Christmas? Now, if you put the one whom this season is all about, it will change everything. A Christ-centered Christmas will give you your best Christmas yet so you and I don't lose sight of it, that we celebrate and why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. So I'm just wondering today as a church, will you commit to that? There's so many ways that you can focus your attention on Jesus every single day this year, this, this month, and the year. You know, the manger is then overshadowed by the cross We know this, we see in scripture, right? The advent then has a dual focus. It's the preparation of the celebration of the incarnation. But it also means looking forward to the second coming of Jesus. And, and, And for those of us that know Jesus Christ, there's great hope and there's joy and peace in knowing that Jesus is coming back really soon. That's the hope that we hold in our hearts. So we understand that the first advent is the birth of Jesus. The second advent will be the second coming of Jesus Christ, that he's coming back. So as you're focusing on Jesus through the month of December, what we're doing is we're really focusing our hearts for what really matters in eternity, that we're getting ourselves ready. We're preparing for Jesus Christ, our soon coming King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen? Are you ready? Are you ready for the Advent? Are you ready this season? I'm reminded that John the Baptist in the New Testament was a walking Advent for Jesus Christ. He, he was the one who focused all of people's attention and his attention on Jesus Christ. Look, the, look, there's, there's the Lamb of God. He, he takes away the sin of the world. Look it, that's him, that's him right there. He's the one. He's the one we've been waiting for. He's the one. And so John was the walking Advent. So if you're a follower of Jesus, your job and my job is to be a walking Advent this time of year. That's our job. Some of you are like, I get lost and I get wrapped up on Monday. Don't, Don't get lost in this. You and I are a walking Advent. We are a walking billboard sign for Jesus by what we do and what we say and who we are and how we react and don't react to things. And, and so we're, we're walking Advent like, like John the Baptist. So the way you live your life out there, out there ought to help other people see Jesus. That's what this season is about. That's it. You're, you and I are walking Advent. So, so we're called to do this. So let's, let's walk this thing out. Let's, let's, let's believe God for this season that people would, as they see us, point the way to Jesus Christ, that they would find hope and they would find real peace and they would find real strength in um, that they would find Jesus because he's the one that can fix this world anyway. So we might as well point to him, right? Because all the stuff we have and get for Christmas, that's, those things are great and all, but they, they just can't be the focus. They just can't be. It's so superficial, right? It's good, and we give gifts, and we love to give gifts. And, but, man, we can get lost. But listen, let me just tell you something, church. Don't forget about the mundane the mundane Jesus has come let's celebrate the fact of the incarnation and celebrate that he has come and he has given us new life and so Jesus is he's come once he's going to come again and so I just wonder today are you ready to meet him do you know him do you know him whether we leave this earth today or whether Jesus comes back tomorrow or 10 years or 100 years from now we don't know but are you ready Are you ready? The first Advent's come. The second Advent has yet to take place. So let's prepare our hearts for him. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, the the imagery of the Advent that we get from the Hebrew Bible, that we see the Advent, that you're coming. Lord, that you have come And Lord, we're so grateful and we're so thankful for that. May we be reminded of it every single day in this month, Lord, as we lead up, as we celebrate December 25th, that we would help focus our attention on what matters and that, Lord, it will help us not only this month, but for January 1, 2020 as well. That, Lord, we don't have to you know, revamp our lives, but God, we'll just be ready for a new year because we've been ready all through the month of December for it. And so Lord, help us to stay focused on you, to help us remove the superficial and move those things out of the way and get to the very centerpiece of what this season represents in you, Jesus Christ. So today my question is to you. We've all are part of this first advent, Jesus coming. Are you ready for the second advent of Jesus's return? If you say just right now in this place, you say, you know what? I need to make myself ready. How do I do that? Well, today it's by accepting Christ, Jesus, the center of this season into your life at this moment so that he can help center you And get rid of all the superficial, get rid of the sin, and get rid of the things that are unrighteous, and get rid of the things that don't mean anything, that only lead to uh, not only physical death, but eternal death. But today, yeah, you can have a new life in Jesus. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I want to make that choice, and I want to make that decision right here in this moment of the quietness of my heart, I'm going to accept Christ into my life. If you're here today and you say, you know what, that's what I want to do. Can I just see your hand? Just raised in this place. Thank you for that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand in the back. Anyone else? Anyone else? I see that hand. Put your hands down, Father. Thank you for the gift of your Son. Lord, help us to remain focused. Thank you for those that just have lifted their hands in this place. and Lord, have found you as their Lord and Savior. That's what this season is about, Lord Jesus. The hope the peace, the joy, Lord, that you give us, Lord, that you are with us every single day, every single moment, every single hour, that, Lord, you are here with us. We're thankful for your advent, the first. And now, Lord, we expectantly await your second advent when you come back to this earth, Lord, and you lead us, Lord, into eternity, into heaven. Lord, we give you the praise and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.